Hello, I'm your host, Stephen, and welcome to Ethical Seduction, your sex and relationship podcast. We explore topics and skills designed to help you get what you want, both in and out of the bedroom. All right, so I'm really excited about today. Why? Because I'm joined by David Chambers of the Authentic Man podcast, who's out of the UK, and we're going to teach listeners how to be better and more effective than a pickup artist. So this could mean things like you might want to get a date with somebody or how to start a relationship that you want, or as so often associated with pickup artists, like how do you get that one night stand, but do it in an authentic, ethical way that is really good for everybody. And we feel that a lot of our ideas are going to make you better and stronger as you approach people more authentic you know, than a pickup artist would do. So before we begin, those of, you may, those of you who may not know much about pickup artists or their techniques, let me give you a really kind of short history uh, as I understand it. In the early 2000s, I'm sure they were around way before that, but I think there was a big thing in the 2000s where there's also like pickup artists kind of came out and then there's a lot of controversial controversial talk about pickup artists and what they do. Um, overall, they caught a lot of flack from women and from society for being manip manipulative and focusing on getting laid no matter what. Didn't matter who got hurt. It was like, the, you know, that was the end, end goal was to get laid. So years ago, I read The Game, which is a book by author Neil, Neil Strauss, and he talked about his journey and experience as a pickup artist. Uh, it was really fascinating and weird, but it definitely helped me get interested in just social interactions of all kinds. And in fact, when I first heard about Neil, Neil Strauss's book, The Game, it was from a book review, it was on a podcast, and the woman who was doing the book review made this comment. She said like, well, I was kind of shocked by some of the manipulative things that he mentioned because I realized that they would probably work on me. And <laughs> that was, that was really intriguing to me. I thought like, what is like, what is this? You know? And it was just interesting. So anyway, I went through, read the book. Um, I've always found pickup artists and the things that go on there. It's kind of this mix of like kind of good and bad ideas that are twisted together. So I think like over the years, you know, I've kind of thought to myself like, what is okay and what is not okay? And I, kind of like that, that contemplating of like, you know, where is, where are the lines and like, what is okay? And how do you treat other people? And so, um, over the years, I, I ended up kind of coming up with my own ideas on it too. Uh, when I got into the, when, when I created my first ethical seduction class, that was an attempt was at the local club that, uh, we volunteer at, I could see where you had people where there was like, say, nice guys would accidentally act creepy. Um, to those that are maybe around them. And they, those people would often put up shields. And so I kind of thought like, well, here's like, both these people are nice, but they're not like communicating well, they're not connecting well. So that is where I, I created this, my first ethical seduction class is really as a kind of a goal to kind of like see like, okay, these people are just not clicking the right way to where it's effective for anybody. You know, everybody's losing. You know, people are feeling defensive. Other people are feeling kind of shot down. So uh, put that first that first class together, and that was really just trying to kind of help others get out there and connect. Um, today's guest, David Chambers, he's got his own story, which we'll get to in just a minute. First, let me tell you that when I discovered his Authentic Man podcast and I started listening, uh, David, I felt like an instant connection with you. Because uh, here he was, somebody who's trying to teach men, really everybody, but he's focusing on men, how to get what they want, you know, in a way that is really giving and is helpful and is going to benefit everybody. And that is one of those key things, you know, that's why I got the ethical and ethical seduction that I think is really kind of important. And it's why David's got the authentic and the authentic man podcast. So David and I just started talking 
and you know, one of the things that came up was like how we kind of felt like our ways are, I'm going to say more productive, more efficient and more powerful at actually working. And I think it's, and we'll get into the, like what those reasons are, you know, why we kind of feel that way. But today we're going to try to teach you how to be better than a pickup artist. So that is the history. Uh, let me introduce David. David Chambers uh, has developed the authentic man, which empowers men to create an, and the exciting and deeply connecting dating lives, sex lives, and relationships that they long for by developing their true authentic selves. As a dating and intimacy coach, coaching men for over a decade, David guides men to create authentic attraction, build deep emotional connections, embody healthy masculinity, and experience connected sexual intimacy by helping them build self-awareness, emotional intelligence, and self-leadership. So David Chambers, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Stephen. Thank you for having me. Glad I'm very glad you're here. I'm excited. Uh, before we get into like the main discussion um, for outperforming pickup artist techniques, what have you been doing recently? I know you like go to a lot of events and things like that. So do you have any special projects, anything like that you want to talk about? Mm, I'm, uh, I actually ran a, a Tantra workshop last night um, with my partner um, for, a, for a sex toy brand that we work with here in London. And that was really beautiful to guide some, some, there was mixed couples and singles in there. So I really enjoyed that. That was nice. And I got another one of those coming up. Uh, I think next week as well, actually, but I run for singles. So yeah, lots, lots of interesting things coming up. Got some workshops I'm putting in the, in the diary as well. There's one I'm writing at the moment, which I'm really, I'm really enjoying writing it. It's um, mindful masturbation for men, because I see there's a lot of talk about self-pleasure for women. And just through my work with men around intimacy, I see a lot of the time that men have really poor masturbation practices that actually make them feel stressed. Right. And they take mm -hmm. this stress into their lives and then they take that stress into their into their sexual experiences and their, uh, with their partners. So I'm, I've just kind of devised this mindfulness that I kind of come up myself, actually, through, through the last couple of years. And I've worked on worked on it with a few clients and I'm just putting together the workshop. So that's something I'm really excited about as well. That's cool. Sounds sounds fun. And yeah, I understand what you're saying too. Like men, poor masturbation practices. I have heard the same kind of thing. It's like, no, you've got to do this and you've got to do as fast as possible, get it over with. You know, it's yes. like, I do not think a lot of women do the same way. No, no, they yeah. don't. <laughs> uh, David, to get us started, do you want to talk a little bit about like your story and where you're kind of coming from and where you are today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit like yourself, I was, well, for me, it was I was in my early early to mid-20s, and I was, you know, growing in my career, you know, I was in my tech career, and I started to do things like travel and wanting to see the world and see museums and, like, really taking culture and experiences. And this was the, the, the days when online dating had just come along. You know, Plenty of Fish was was still a bit of a weird place to be. People used to think it was strange that you were online. So I started to, to date, and I was meeting women in bars and online, and I just wasn't meeting the kind of type of woman, the type of woman that resonated with my values and where I wanted to go in my life. So I was like, you know, what do I do? What do I do? So I picked up the game, like yourself, and I and I read through that, and I was like, okay, this is interesting. You know, there's some interesting things in here. Maybe there's some things I should take on. So I, I also found um, that you know, going out and having something to say to start with really helped. Right, it helped with my confidence. But all the complex lines were too complicated to remember and like remembering stories and all that kind of thing. It didn't really sit well with me. And around that same sort of time, I came across a company and I ended up doing a, a boot camp with them and then working before them for, for, for about a year or so, like coaching men, 
going to bars and clubs on the streets and everything. So I was really in the world. But over that period, a year, I started to, to see that just having lines and what to say when and having quick responses was quite limited for, for men. So I started to develop this idea around just speaking your truth, speaking like what was authentic to you in that moment and having fun. Actually, having fun was a huge part of it for us. It was like, have a good time, like bring people, we used to call it the whirlwind of fun. If there's four or five of you guys and you're having a good time, you're dancing, you're enjoying yourself, you bring a woman or a group of women into your whirlwind of fun and they want to be around you. They want to spend time with you because it's, it's, it's enjoyable. But I, so I did that for a year and a half and then I kind of got to a point with that where I felt that I was coming across a lot of men that I don't feel they had a healthy relationship with women or even themselves to a certain degree. And they were, there were men I worked with as well as other coaches who were, I would say, shells of men, you know, they had lots of tips and tricks and things to say, but when it got down to, you know, some of the later stages of dating and relationships, they struggled to maintain that because they didn't have the substance, that, which I'm sure we will talk about. Um, so I just went on a journey myself of just like a lot of traveling a lot of self-development, lots of reading, lots of learning about my own relationship to my own parents, my relationship to, to myself, how I saw women, how I saw other men. And I started to do a lot of kind of self-discovery work. And that kind of took me up to traveling around the world for a couple of years. Um, found myself in Bolivia, breaking up with my uh, past partner, one of my past partners. We've been together for four years. And I really, the, the problem has come is that I wasn't able to express what I was feeling in the relationship because I was so worried about upsetting her and causing the downfall of, of, of our relationship. So I, it ended up causing the downfall of our relationship. Mm-hmm. And I remember being in a hotel room in Bolivia, like crying and sitting in, and I was like, I'm not going to let this happen again. This is not going to happen again. And um, a month later, I found myself uh, on a retreat uh, doing plant medicine in the, in the sacred Valley in Peru. And it really just, that experience lifted a lot of what I like to call emotional debris that was stopping me from really expressing myself as as I was, as I would want it to. So I spent the next six months traveling through the top half of South America, just deeply expressing myself and connecting with whoever was around me, men, women, children, everybody. I even stayed with a Bolivian family for a while and trying to learn Spanish. Um, but just mm. really speaking to people openly and honestly. And I started to see the difference was that you don't have to it's not necessarily what you say, right? You're saying the things that people like. It's this. It's the power and the authenticity behind it that was really making a difference. So I came back to London and um, continued to just connect with whoever I was meeting, old friends and all sorts, as deeply as I could, and just listening, really listening as well. And um, a friend of mine was like, let's start a podcast. This was uh, two and a half years ago. And then that morphed into The Authentic Man, which I'm now running uh, alone. And really behind it is this idea that all of our deep connections in our lives, the basis of those things is vulnerability and authenticity, right? And us showing up openly and honestly in those relationships. Yeah, I have learned, like another word, intimacy is like one of the key things, you know, like that's Mm. what, uh, you know, it's not, you're not looking for sex necessarily, you know, that sex can be pleasurable. Okay. But like, ultimately it's like, no, you're really looking for intimacy, meaning that real kind of some kind of connections with the people Mm. that you're with. And then vulnerability, the more I do this kind of stuff, it's like the more I realize like how strong and powerful that is. It's like, nobody wants to be vulnerable. And then I'm like, no, man, that is like your, that is one of the strongest things you can do that really makes you stand out. But it also is that, like you're saying, it's that authenticity. And so it takes, and it's showing courage, you know, it's taking courage to like put yourself out there and 
maybe be in a situation where you can be hurt, you know, but then when mm. you're not hurt and the person takes care of you, it's like, that's very connecting, you know, and if you do the same thing with them and it, you know, it, it can snow, you know, because you were vulnerable. Now they feel okay to be vulnerable. And there, there's a lot of kind of really cool power, you know, in that. So yeah, it's, it's just funny. There's certain words. I'm like, okay, these are the key words we're really trying to do. And they are like you <laughs> say, authenticity and vulnerability and, and intimacy. So, mm-hmm. so uh, let me, let me ask you, what do you think like the main differences are between say a pickup artist and what a pickup artist does their style and how they kind of approach things. And I'm going to say what I think you and I teach, because I'm, I'm making the assumption here, listeners, that David and I are really on the same path. I mean, I've listened to some of his podcasts. I kind of know where you're coming from, but I, you know, I'm also making the assumption that, yeah, we're going to see sort of eye to eye on most of this stuff. So what do you think the main difference are between, say, what the way we look at things, maybe approach things and say a, a you know, true idealistic pickup artist, uh, the way most people think of a pickup artist? Mm-hmm. So the idealistic, the, the the pickup artists, and I really saw how they operated. And you know, I was really deep in that world and speaking to them. Is that one of the, the big tenets is that they are lesser than women, right? It was all based on the idea that you, as as a pickup artist, you are lesser than all the women you're meeting, right? Even the the way in which they had a, a grading system, right? The one to ten, right? How they would grade women. It was always that the women are on a pedestal above them. So there was this need to bring them down some levels, right? And this is this this is is opposed to how I see the world. And we, actually, we have a deep equality. We are equal. We are human beings. We're all human beings, right? We are equal. We're no better than someone else. So just because someone you see them as being attractive doesn't make them a better person than you. Doesn't make them more valuable in the world, right? And I think that's a really important part. Is that in the pickup artist world, a woman's value was all about how she looked. Right. And it wasn't necessarily who she was as a being, who she, how she showed up, like what she, what values she had and what she embodied. It was all about, she looks hot. Okay. So she is this, she is an eight or a Mm -hmm. 10 or whatever they would say. Right. So it's a big thing about being lesser than, and that fed into another thing, which was that, so to, to connect with someone who is above you, you have to manipulate them right? Because you're lesser than, and this is part of the kind of the central premise of the, the pickup artist is that, well, I'm lesser than she is. So I need to manipulate her into wanting to be around me, right? And that manipulation included what was basically insults, right? Which was what was used to call negs, which were like kind of backhanded um, compliments, right? Which were, were kind of put into place to pull women down a few rungs as well, right? And it's also important to remember that these guys were operating in, what was it, LA in the kind of early 2000s. Yeah, and they were generally, the, game, the book, the game, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they were generally going to places that we would probably look at now and go, they were going after models and actresses and people whose a lot of their their way of life was about looking good, right? Mm-hmm. So they weren't necessarily trying to date, you know, successful businesswomen and women who are, you know, spiritually um, aware and things like that. So they were kind of also working with what was in front of them to a certain degree, right? So, so there was a big part of it, the manipulation and bringing down the manipulation of if I can bring her down a few rungs and she won't feel so good. And then at that point, she will see me as maybe better than she is. Right. And there was a lot of what I would call ego, which is like better than, worse than, better than, worse than. When our egos at play, we always need to be better than or worse than. 
And then there was a lot of pretense, right? It was like, I need to pretend to be something that I'm not. So that might be, I need to pretend that I'm really um, flamboyant and outlandish. I need to pretend that I've got a big social circle and that people know me and I'm interesting. It could be um, even pretend, like there's a lot of pretending around confidence, like pretending to be, you know, backwards engineering what they saw confident men do and then pretend and then copying those things. So if I can interrupt you for a second, these things that I'm going to say, like the person's like, oh, I need to try to be more confident is because they're really feeling like I'm not very confident. So you're exactly. someone's like, they're taking, you know, or I'm not flamboyant. Therefore, I need to try to be flamboyant mm. because I'm, I'm personally feel like I'm not. So, yeah, 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 I see what you're saying. And that's where you, that kind of applies into like you saying, like you're coming from a place of, uh, you're seeing yourself as lower status than the other person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's like coming from a place of lack, like that you actually intrinsically, you have no value as a being, right? It's coming Mm -hmm. from this point of like, I don't have anything. So the only thing I have is what I can put on show or what I can make you believe is true. Is a lot of smoke and mirrors, right? There was a lot of smoke and Mm -hmm. mirrors. And a big part of it also was was backwards engineering what they thought that six men who were successful with women were doing. So it's like, um, we do it today with like business people. We look at, um, I'm going to use an example of the ex-poker player. What's his name? Dan Brazilian, right? We look at that man and we go, okay, so to be successful with women, I need to have loads of money because that's gonna, that's what gets women, right? Because what we see of this guy now is lots of money, beautiful places, lovely yacht, you know, all these things. Okay, so if I have all those things, then the women will come. And it's a backwards engineering of seeing what we see and then going, oh, that's what I need to do. But actually, that's not what gets people to any level of success. That's just what it looks like to you because you're looking at it from your limited worldview, from your place of lack, your place of lesser than, and you're looking for the things that you don't have that are obvious, right? So this was all the kind of the central way of being for a pickup artist. Now, where I now see the world, and I started to see it even inside of when I was working in that world, and it's really, is kind of an opposite end of that, right? Is that, as I said, with not being lesser than women, it's like, we're all equal. I have so much value to offer. And when we start to spend some time to look at ourselves and learn about the things we love, we enjoy, we're passionate about, we realize that, oh, actually, I've got a lot of value to offer somebody or the world in general, right? And it's when we start to look inward, right? Instead of out looking outward, which was the, the pickup artist way of looking at the world, oh, let me look at out of what I don't have. We start to look inward at ourselves, we realize that we've actually got a lot of value, right? And instead of the manipulation, which the pickup artists were involved in, we actually go for deep connection because we see ourselves as equal. So it's like, how can I deeply connect with you where you are and where I am? And we can bring ourselves together and form that intimacy, right? Emotional intimacy, right? Um, intellectual intimacy, instead of me having to try and manipulate you into a position of you wanting to be around me and us, the connection feeling manipulated. Mm-hmm. And And then instead of pretending to be something that you're not, you know, wearing funny hats, looking flamboyant, you learn to realize is that I just need to express who I am authentically. And that will bring a resonance that will bring people towards me who are in on my wavelength, right? Or who want to hear that authentic expression, which really is everybody. Everyone wants to feel everyone else's authentic expression. It's why when we, there's some, 
uh, not necessarily actors, but public figures who we just love to listen to because, and we don't even know why sometimes we hear them speak and we're like, man, I love being around these people. You may even, listeners, you may even know someone that you just love being around this guy and you're not even really that sure why. It's because he just expresses himself honestly. You might not like everything he says, right? But you can feel that there's an authenticity to what he's saying. It's a true expression of who he is. And this is this is the place we really want to be at, right? Opposed to the, the the pretending. And then instead of backwards engineering all the time, right? Which was the pickup world, backwards engineering what other people are doing. When you're in this place of connection and authenticity, you are creating from the present moment. You're in this present moment and you're present with the person you're with, the people you're with. And whatever springs out of it is is purely from what's in that moment that's there between mm -hmm. you. Instead of you trying to work out and strategize and have anything planned out, which was the very much the pickup way, you're in the pureness of the of this this present moment, right? The conversation springs from random events around you. Maybe there's a picture somewhere that reminds you of, of your grandma or something that happened. And the conversation just flows in this beautifully natural way. And and you're feeling really connected to someone because you're deeply in the moment with them, expressing yourself as you are now, without any need to pretend or try and pull them down and manipulate them. So, so one of the things that comes to my mind, uh, I really like what you just said. Okay. One of the things that comes to my mind is kind of funny. Okay. Is as you know, like all four of us who do the ethical seduction thing, we all are like in the, the kink world and the kink scene. Right. And so you have like, I'm the dominant and I'm going to say man in this case, okay, I'm the dominant man, you know, and I'm so dominant and I come in and I do all these things. Right. And I'll, and the, the person who acts like that ends up not displaying dominance whatsoever. Okay. Mm. And it's always the person you can tell the person who is in charge. I've heard this. This is really interesting too. In a room, if you watch like a movie and they'll have like a, there's a bunch of people at a boardroom, right? And they're like, who is the person in charge? And it's usually the person who does the least amount of talking. Like they're sitting there listening, you know, and when they do talk, everybody stops and listens to them, but they do the least amount of talking. Right. So the same kind of thing I'm going to say with the dom, 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 dom. It's the person who is like, really comfortable with themselves who, and, and I feel like this with myself some too, like I really enjoy the volunteering. I really enjoy helping people, you know, that I get a lot out of that, you know, but I also feel like it's that giving aspect. And so very much the mm -hmm. dominant person, I think often is comfortable enough. They're not trying to like show off whatever, but they're more modest and more giving and those kind of things. And I'm not necessarily talking about myself. I'm thinking, talking about other people who I've seen in our community who I really like and really admire. And so it's, it's just not what you necessarily think of like, but that's the person who you look at and you can be like, that person is really comfortable. They're in charge. You know, they know mm -hmm. what's going on. They're whatever happens with the situation, they'll be okay with, you know, and we kind of pick up on that. So I, same kind of thing here. I think it's like, yeah, if you're going to go out on that date or whatever, if you're really nervous about stuff, whatever, it can kind of show up. It's working, like you were saying in the very beginning, like working on yourself, um, that makes a huge difference. And I do want to add to my, one of my thoughts with like just starting off, I think that it's important, like most of us are not aware of what, what is attractive about us. And that's mm -hmm. one of the things I really try to focus on. And a simple thing I've tried to do is like, you know, talk to your friends about what they like about you. You know, what are their favorite things about you? Get that feedback and like actually believe them when they say like, mm. oh, we really like you because of, you know, whatever. Like you're, you're, one could be like, you're a nice guy. And it could be like, well, what does that really mean? You know, and they go on, they tell you more about like what, you know, like you are taking care of people and thing, you know, and you really like 
crocheting, you know, that could be like, not many people are into crocheting, but you like crocheting. And that could be one of those things that, and you're passionate about it, you know, and that can end up actually being an attractive quality, even if the person you're going towards or interested in does not like crocheting. It doesn't matter. Like the fact that you're like interested in the stuff that you're interesting makes a difference. So I think having people work on like what makes them attractive, that to me is a big mindset to get somebody out of that. Like I need to trick these person's pants off when you realize you're attractive, then you can like chill out a little bit and not have to trick the person's pants off. You and I really want the person so excited that they take their pants off and throw them against the wall because they're <laughs> that excited to be with us, you know? And you know, that, that to me is worth so much more than if you like were to trick somebody's pants off, which is worth nothing because you've lied to them, you know, mm. like it's, it's not the same. So I think we want that enthusiastic. Yes. You know, yes. if you're going to like sleep with somebody or date them or whatever. So I do think like, yeah, being authentic and being, seeing your own attractive traits is a huge step forward. It makes a big difference in like people's mindsets. Yeah. 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 And no, that's a really good point about speaking to your friends. It's, and it's, it's just like listening to the compliments because people do compliment us all the time. Right. Even if you, you know, cause I think one of the things that like I definitely saw in the pickup community was, it was people who are, their focus is on fear. So they almost become blindsided to positive things or nice things that people say to them. And it's like starting to pay attention. And as, as you said, bring awareness, right. To the good things about you, the attractive things, and just like listening. Cause people do tell you, Oh, you're really, you know, I really love how you, you're a good listener or, you know, I love how you dress. And it's like listening to that and being like, Oh yes, there's good things about me. Like believing them like even create affirmations, you know, there's a lot of power around affirmations. It's just like remembering that you have value to the world. Like the, who you are intrinsically is important. Who you are, you have value to other people. Because a lot of the time our thinking can easily go into like, ah, uh, no one wants me. I'm no good. I'm not attractive. I'm not good looking. I'm not interested. And that's where our focus goes, but we can switch our focus to our more positive like points and 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 almost amplify those you know mm -hmm. so i a thought about affirmations um i have mixed feelings about them because i th mm. this is just my own thoughts okay so i i think you can look in the mirror and you can say like i'm a really good person and i'm you know sexy enough and i uh, people like me and all that kind of stuff okay but if you don't get feedback from others from the outside in, okay. I don't think we're going to believe those things. So what I've, mm. what I've kind of come to realize is like, it is important to get those compliments and to get that feedback from the other people, because when other people say it, that's where you suddenly go like, Oh, this is real. People actually do really like me for these particular reasons. So mm. I think the affirmations, like I totally get, I'm going to say, make sure, like, look for the feedback. You know, and when you get mm. it, then you can know like, okay, this is true. Like I, and just, then just remember it. Don't blow it off. Like you're saying, you know, keep it in your mind. But it was interesting to me when I kind of realized like, no, it's, it's not important enough to tell ourselves this. We have to have other people give us that feedback to let us know that it's real. Mm, mm, mm. Definitely. Definitely. It's interesting what you said about, um, the doms actually, because I, 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 I come across this, I don't move in the kink world so heavily, but just through some of my work with intimacy that is, is kind of buffeted against me. And I seem to see it something really consistent with, and it's always men, right? Who want to be doms almost. They're always like, I'm the big dom. Mm, look at me. And it's a control thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's men that lack controls usually in their life, right? 
So they want to create a, an environment where they can have control. And actually, to be a dominant, you don't necessarily have to have forced control, right? Control can also be accepting what happens and being okay with whatever comes along, right? And being comfortable yeah. with it, like, like you were saying. And it's where... Again, that need for control comes from a place of, ah, I don't have control. I don't have power. That, you know, this wanting to be in control all the time, right, in situations comes from a place of lack. And it's just looking and going, okay, why do I want to control other people? Because, you know, pickup artists, the whole thing was about controlling everything around them, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like looking, it's like, ah, I feel like I don't have control. I don't have power in my life, right? And it's looking at that and going, is that really true? Do I have power in my life? Actually, of course I do. I have agency. I can do the things I want to do. And we start letting go of the need to control everything all the time because there's a beauty in just allowing things to unfold and being like in the present moment to, to be nimble with what happens in life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I think too, it's like you're give, to me, it's more powerful when you give the power to the other person. So that could be as simple as like, we're going to go on a coffee date you know, because it's only a coffee date. And when you're bored with me, you can get up and leave, you know, you don't have, so there's not, we're not putting pressure on the person. Okay. But that's a simple way of like, I'm really giving the other person the, like you say, power and agency, they can be with me as long as they want to, and they get to decide. So when you give per people those freedoms and that power, often that makes them feel more comfortable, you know? So I think, you know, I'm going to say one of our you and me, our techniques is going to be like the more we can give, which means the more we can give power or empower other people that mm. is not only beneficial for them, that's going to end up being attractive for us. People are going to want to be around, you know, us as individuals because we're actually helpful. You know, we're actually benefiting other people, you know, and it's not just you and me. It's like anybody out there, you know, again, figure out what your attractive traits are figure out what you have to give to other people. And when you give those things, you're realizing like you're really impacting somebody's life, you know, and they like you genuinely like you and genuinely value you and they're going to want to be around you. And, mm. you know, so I think that that is a, I know you and I talked about this before we even did the show when we were first starting to kind of chat and you were like, yeah, a lot of, I think our approaches are about giving. And I definitely feel that way. I, I feel like if you are, if we as people are not giving to others, to society, if we don't see ourselves as valuable some way, that it can really hurt ourselves in the sense that we can see ourselves as not important, right? And therefore, mm. if I killed myself, who's gonna who's gonna care? You know, it can go, you know, potentially that far. Where if you realize, like, no, I don't want to say people are counting on me, but I have stuff to offer, I can benefit people you know, people genuinely value me because of the stuff that I give and contribute, then we feel like really linked in with our partners and with society. And I think that changes, you know, not just who you're dating with, but it changes your perspective on like the, you know, life in general, like your work environment. And, and it just trickles yeah. into all those things. A lot of what we're talking about trickles into all those things. You know, it's like, yes. I love talking about the dating and things like that, but it's like the things we talk about, I apply to work like every single day, you know, when I'm mm. interacting with different consultants or different or clients or whatever like that, because those are all relationships, you know? And so you mm. have to like earn that person's trust and develop that trust and, you know, do what you say and, you know, create this relationship over time that gets stronger. And we do that with friends, family, all that stuff. So it's like, we're talking about it in the fun way with the, you know, pickup or with dating or, you know, relationships, but it really is like, throughout our entire lives it makes a difference i think 
So. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It does. It leaks. It it bleeds out into every area of your life when you can really start to see value in yourself, and you can you can speak openly and honestly with people. Yeah. So we've kind of touched on this, but I want to ask the the question directly. Like, you know, how are our styles? But your style, how is it better than a pickup artist? So I know we've touched on this, but how would you summarize? Like, how is it better than a pickup artist? Actually, How does it outperform and be more uh, productive than pickup artists? Mm, type yeah. The, the thing with pickup artists is they're very limited in that what they have remembered, learned, and can strategize, right? So a lot of their thinking is like, oh, I've, organ- I've planned and strategized for what's happening here. It doesn't allow them to be in the moment. So if they find themselves in a place that's unfamiliar to them, right, they are overwhelmed by, oh, I don't know what to do here because I haven't planned for this. I haven't got a strategy for here. You know, I'm, I don't know, I'm at a swimming pool and there's a, there's a woman that's come over to me and said, Hey, how are you doing? A lot of pickup parties didn't know what to do if a woman approached them because it's a different dynamic that's occurred, right? (laughs) Because now if she's approached you, what do you do? Because you don't need to bring her down because she's here. You need to actually connect. So it was like, if you, if you find yourself really riddled by fear, right? A lot of the time, right? Because this is what was going on in the pickup world. The men were just, just fear was the only thing is like, how can I avoid these fears? Is starting to accept fear, right? Not as a thing that you means you need to stop doing something. It means that there's something on the other side that's exciting for you, right? Mm-hmm. And just shift the relationship to fear. So I think why it's so much more productive is because when we can bring ourselves to an interaction, who we are, what we enjoy, the things we love, the person we're developing as, right? We actually connect with who we are, with the person we're with, right? Now, if you're coming from the pickup world is that you need to put on this this face and this facade and connect with this woman that's in front of you. And that may can only really last a number of hours, really. You know, you can't fake a relationship. You know, you can't fake right. your way through a relationship for, for a while, right? And as you said earlier, ultimately, our deepest, deepest yearning, right, is intimacy. That's what we want. We want to be seen deeply for who we are by another person. Even if, you know, you're listening to this and you're thinking, I'm just horny, right? Actually, really, underneath that, if you, you inquire underneath that openly and honestly, your deepest desire is to be seen and to connect with someone really deeply and feel love. And, and connection right that's what's under that so when we can bring all of who we are right who we actually are authentically we can actually receive the intimacy as we as we want it to be whereas if you're coming across as this facade even if someone does connect with your facade the problem is is that internally in your mind in your being you know that this person doesn't know who you are and they just want your facade and you're unhappy about this that's not enough for you Right. And I've seen this with guys who learned to be very good facades and they had a lot of problems. Right. Because they had mm-hmm. lots of identity problems because they literally didn't know who they were. And it meant that they couldn't have relationships. They couldn't be faithful to women. You know, they couldn't build the actual sort of, you know, love, love life relationships that they really, really wanted because they were so busy pretending to be something else, manipulating their way through life and through women that they felt empty. So I'm going to bounce something off you that just it's going to sounds again, this is my own th- kind of thoughts, right? But it's like, okay, so why, like, especially after I would take your mindful masturbation class for men, right? Why would I get out of bed? Like if I could take care of myself, like why would I get out of bed and try to put all that effort into go meeting somebody else or like hanging out with somebody else, right? 
to me, that answer is like, it's that important. Like, yes, you mm -hmm. can stay home and masturbate. Okay, that's fine. But that's not what you're doing. You're going to put all this energy and all this effort into connecting with another person. So then to like the pickup kind of side of like, you have to trick them. You're, you know, not, you have the walls up and you're not going to connect with them. To me, that is like, breaks with what you're really trying to do because if you're putting all this mm. energy and effort in there it shows like how important you know that other person is also the stereotype of like you know guys just want to go out and go get laid i think is like not true whatsoever because mm. it's like you wouldn't put forth the damn energy you know the, the reason people are putting for the energy they really want the connections we're not always aware of some of the things we want to do. Mm. You know, there's nothing wrong with, with like, I like pleasure, nothing wrong with that, you know? Um, and I, but I'm, I'm going to say too, I think it's like, we all like it when it's more, I'm going to say meaningful pleasure. So there's pleasure, mm. nothing wrong with it. Meaningful pleasure. Awesome. You know? So anyway, I, I've kind of just, you know, again, those are my own thoughts, but it's like, no, we really, you know, especially as guys, like, but it's everybody, it's just people in general. We really want those connections, that kind of yeah. validation from somebody else, that connection, the fact that somebody else is going to be vulnerable and intimate with us, like that means a lot to us, you know, as, as people. And that's why we, we put forth all this energy and effort. So mm. that's, I don't know. I mean, I think that fits with what you're saying, right? No, no, no. I really like that. It's so true. We don't want to, it's this, um, I th my thing, one of my kind of ideas around the whole thing about men just wanting to get laid is less that men actually just want to get laid. Men want validation from other men as well. We want validation okay. from other men to say, you're a good man, right? We are, that's what we're searching for, right? We want to be, look, society to look at us and go, you're a good man. And we're taught that good men make lots of money and they get lots of women and they have good status. So we act that out without even really thinking about whether that's what yeah. we really want. It's just that we go into the world and do that. And very few men, to be honest, reach a stage of they make loads of money, you know, get lots of women, have great status and realize that those things are really empty. <laughs> so I, I think the the societal kind of assumption about men that that's all they want, it's almost like it's this passed down narrative that just keeps coming down. It comes through media, it comes through television, it comes through mm -hmm. books as well. But actually, deep down underneath that, we feel that there's something more to life. We want something more. We want deeper connection. We want to feel understood, listened to, appreciated. Yeah. I want to do an episode sometime in the future on society and society's thinking versus individual and individual thinking. So by that, I mean like society very often is like wants us to act a certain way that is best for society. You know, so don't mm -hmm. make any sudden moves, act in this particular way, get a, get a real job, be a productive member of society. You know, don't the individual, that's not always good for the individual. You know, then the individual no. sometimes is like, I just want to go do whatever I want. And that's not always good for society. So I think the reality is like, there's this kind of balance and play in there. But like what you just said, I think resonated with me where it's like, yeah, society, like these, these ideals of society they're going to stick around, I think, for years and years to come because society, mm. if you think of society as like its own organism, it's going to be like, yes, this is what we want. You know, you need to be, <laughs> have that real job, make lots of money. And so it's like we have to sort of come to terms with like understanding like, okay, that is what society says. I do not have to, I'm going to say, play that game. I don't have to go, you know, you don't have to follow it. You have to find that kind of happy blend, you know, between what your own individual needs are and what works with, with society. And that's gonna be different yeah. from person to person. 
So. Exactly. It's like expressing your unique talents and gifts and freedom. Um, let me, okay. So I think I'm going to do a sort of a summary. Okay. So it's like, we've kind of identified, I think like the pickup artists, one of the things you said to me when we first started talking was like pickup artists are often taking things, you know, you're feeling less than you're kind of taking, I think you and I, we would suggest like, learn about yourself. What do you really want? That way you can present that to people in an honest way that is believable. You're going to gain credibility. You're going to gain trust. Um, and, and therefore you're going to have some, you know, better connections with the people that you actually like, you know, versus somebody that is just hot, you know, that, you know, so, so I think we've kind of covered all that. One of the things I would kind of like that I think a lot of listeners are interested in is like, how do you actually start an interaction? So the reason for this question, I guess, is like, when I think of like ethical seduction, I think also like what you're doing too, I'm almost have like three categories. So there's like, what we're talking about today, which is like, how do you first meet somebody? And then you get into maybe like developing the relationships. And then on the third is like the, uh, you know, like sex and being good in bed and those kind of things. So these things all kind of intertwine, but I feel like a lot of what we're doing today is like talking about the front end of like, how do I go out and actually meet somebody? How do I, you know, how do I outperform the pickup artists of like meeting somebody and things? So when I want to talk about like, how do you, what do you suggest for like when you go out for a listener and they want to go meet somebody and start that kind of interaction? What is your, like, do you have a process or do you have a recommended way to, you know, what would you suggest to them? Mm. So I'm going to take it back one step just before is that when I work with clients is that we sit down and I, I'll be like, okay, what do you love? What do you love doing? What are you interested in? right? Because our environment is so important when it comes to the sort of people that we're meeting. So if you are just going to your local bar, you're meeting all types of different people, right? All sorts of people are there. You've got a really wide range of different human beings, different women, different men, some of which you have no interest in talking to. You've got nothing in common with them. You don't share any values with them, you know, wherever it may be. So if we start to think about what are we interested in, like, it doesn't have to be something you're doing right now. It could just be something that piques your interest. Like, you know, um, there was a point where I was super interested in like all sorts of kind of uh, holistic healing type therapies, like breath work, um, ecstatic dance and all these sorts of things. I was interested in them and I still, you know, partake in a lot of those now. So I started to go to those places. I was really interested in sex and intimacy and the interplay of talking about that and, and kind of playing with the energetics of that, right? So I started to go into events that were about those things. So when I got to those events, talking to people was quite effortless because it was something I was interested in. There's other people there that are interested in it. would be like, hey, how are you doing? Oh, what brought you here? Oh, you know, I saw this person was speaking or saw this. And I was like, oh, yeah. So I've, you know, I watched some of their YouTube videos and I really like this podcast they're on. And then suddenly you're in a conversation and all you've done is say hello. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. you there yeah. was there's no need to kind of be like, oh, I need to have this really smart line to say or anything like that, because you're in an environment where there is commonality, there's understanding, there's interest. But we're not always going to be in those environments, right? Sometimes they're going to be environments that are, you know, you're just going to be in the bar, right? You're going to be in the bar with some friends. And I think for me, I see it as instead of looking at, again, coming from a place of like, oh, I don't know if that person wants to talk to me and things like that. I like to always have the mindset of like, okay, there's this person over there. Let me try and get to know them. 
And you see the subtle shift there from, again, it comes from if you're fearful of approaching women, if you're a man, you're fearful of approaching women, that's, you know, that's your desired sex. Just have that subtle shift from being, oh, I hope she likes me to, I want to get to know her. And this puts you back again. It puts you back on this even keel of you being equal human beings. And when you bring that sort of mindset to it, like, okay, let me, I'm curious about this human being. Let me be really curious about this person here. They're in this bar. They're wearing certain clothes. They have certain mannerisms. Maybe, you know, there's a handbag there that's unusual. You know, it's bringing in that observation skills, like being, bring awareness, like, um, mm -hmm spatial awareness you know the, the optics you know what's what's there in front of you what's around what does the picture of this person tell you about who they are what does the person remind you of is there like a friend they remind you of or someone you once met you know in some distant place you know all these things are relevant to kind of spark conversation and one of the other things that i i learned many years ago is especially when we're in bars right generally we want to spend time with people who have a little bit more energy than we do. It doesn't have to be a huge amount. You'd have to come up with like this big energy about, Hey, how are you? Love to meet you. What are you up to? We just want a slightly bit more energy than we're at. So if people are sitting down, sometimes just coming over with a smile is a little bit more energy than they currently holding in themselves. Right. And this is a way in which we interact. And again, adding the curiosity, being curious about who they are, you know, and also coming from that place of you being equal human beings. I like that a lot. Um, one of the things I have found recently for recommend, like I've always been like, I don't know if I like pickup lines, you know? Okay. Um, what has occurred to me is trying to get people to think of like, like you mentioned, like walking over and doing the smile, you know, and you see the person across the bar. Okay. So I try to think to myself like, okay, so if I or somebody else sees a person across the bar, you know, I'm going to say a guy sees a woman across the bar. Um, and they're like, Oh, okay. She's hot. So it's like inside they're going like, I would like to talk to her. Okay. Well, the question then is like, why do you want to go talk to her? You know? And mm -hmm. I think it's, it's like, you can't just be like, because she's hot. I don't think, I really don't think that's enough. Okay. So I think what I try to suggest is like, go a little bit deeper, like into yourself. Why do you actually want to go talk to this person? And if you can figure that out, I'm like, that's your line. That's your opening line. Mm. So that then you can approach and say like, okay, Hey, I saw you over there. Like you said, you have this interesting bag, but better yet, like you look really interesting or I like the energy level that you have or something. And so it's, again, it's being honest, but it's more of like the self-awareness of like, why do you actually want to walk over there and talk to that person? You know? And if mm. you say like, just because the person looks hot, I'm going to challenge you. Like, that's not enough. And that person has heard it 5 million times. And so that's not going to, yeah. that's not going to do you any credit, you know, but I really don't think that's it. I think that like, there's something that is, you got to dig deeper. Like what about mm. them is hot? What about them is attractive, you know? And then you're going to find something really interesting. You know, then you're going to have this thing that is like, nobody walks up and says like, oh, I really like your, you know, your energy level and your enthusiasm. I would like to, you know, whatever, talk to you more, you know, to kind of know, like you're saying, know who you are. So mm. I do think we really are often curious about who that other person really is. It doesn't always mm. come to our mind in the forefront to kind of ask that as a question, but yeah, I think that's ultimately what we're, what we're into. Um, one other thing I've thought about, were you going to say something? I was just going to say that the, the, the piece around often just being like, are oh, they hot? What's slightly detached in a lot of men is an awareness of their emotions, right? Because that 
hotness is like there's a level of attraction there, but there's actually a multitude of emotions that have been triggered in you as a man, right? When you've seen someone you're attracted to. Now, if we can't decipher our emotions and our feelings, we're going to struggle to put it into words, right? What it was about someone. Like you said, there's maybe there's their energy, the way they move. Maybe they feel, mm -hmm. they look really elegant. You know, maybe they remind you of a movie star or something like that. But it's when we build more of an emotional understanding of ourselves, we are equipped with a lot more range of, of conversation and expression. One other thing I've thought of recently is that when you're approaching somebody, um, I was talking to a friend of mine, actually a childhood friend who I grew up with. Right. And he's, you know, he's close to 50 now at this point, you know, and he's still single, you know, he's had many relationships and things like that. And he's had his time periods where he's been single for a long time. And that's really good, you know, cause that's like his comfort level too with, with mm. like, that's okay. But he was like, yeah, maybe I'll try, you know, meeting somebody or whatever like that. So we started talking and I realized like, I was like, when you, when you first meet somebody so often, I think we focus on like, I have to be attractive to this other person. You know, what, you know, mm. what are my attractive traits? Those kind of things. Okay. I think the step that comes before that though, is actually building a little bit of trust or establishing a little bit of trust. So when I'm talking with him, I'm realizing like, I'm going like, okay, you're on Tinder. The first thing you need to do is not talk about how attractive you are or not try to demonstrate how attractive you are. The first thing you need to do is put the person at ease and establish some trust. And once they sort of see that, like that in itself is going to make you a little bit attractive, you know, but I was, mm. and he goes, well, how do I do that? You know, now how you do it can be a lot like that's a trickier answer. You know, it all depends on the kind of the situations, but I really have kind of come to decide like the first thing we need to do when we are like walking up to somebody who we've never met before, like that could be scary to them, you know? So the first thing we need to do is establish a little bit of trust. And then once you have that trust, then I think the person's walls come down a little bit and then they're much more receptive to like wanting to get to know you and be, you know, and then they'll see attractive things about you, but to me, it's like everybody out there talks about attraction. Like that's the first thing we do. We meet somebody, we've got to be attractive. And I'm, I really am thinking now, like, no, there's a step before that, which is you have to establish safety and trust first. Mm. And then they're much more likely to kind of be interested in you and see the attraction. So mm. you, you have any thoughts no, no. or experiences with no, that? No, I really, I really agree. Actually, safety is such an important part, actually. Of, of meeting someone and safety is also is a really important part in inside of sex right and I imagine you know this really well from being in the kink community right and it's something that we don't always remember especially if it's we're talking men and women because you know there's a dynamic there and there's a there's a there's a history should we say right so as you said creating that safety with a woman even on online right if you're using tinder or bumble or hinge or whatever apps everyone uses these days there's a lot of apps um <laughs> creating safety can be you know you have a few options straight away right photos having clear photos create safety mm -hmm. it's like yeah. i know who this person is this is a person here like one blurry photo doesn't create safety that creates this and you might say oh it's creating mystery it doesn't create mystery because when we're in this kind of app world, mystery is is a lack of safety a lot of the time, right? There's a fine line, you know, that maybe you have a little bit of mystery, but, you know, badly taken photos isn't. And the same goes with a bio. Like if you don't have a bio that actually describes some things about you and actually where you're a bit vulnerable and the vulnerability in this instance is just being saying some things about you, saying this is who I am. These are the things I like and I don't like maybe, right? Or these are the things that... 
are important to me. There's a vulnerability in that. And that creates a safety because it's like, ah, this person's willing to put themselves out there. So this is the sort of person that's willing to put themselves out there. I can feel safe with someone like this, right? And I think that's a, a really, really important part is that vulnerability, as we've talked about, vulnerability creates safety as well. Yeah, yeah. You speaking about profiles, I have two profile styles, I think, that really kind of come to mind that I use as examples for people. Okay, so the first one is uh, this friend of mine, Corey, who he actually had him on the podcast like two weeks ago, and I actually read his profile. Okay, it is ridiculous, Mm. but it is also like authentic and it displays who this person is. Okay, but he just has like all these contradictory statements. Okay, but as he's writing this thing, it is so playful. You know that okay, this person is going to be playful. You know Mm. that they like Star Wars and Star Trek, and they're okay. You know, he one of his comments was like, "I love Star Wars. I've seen every episode of The Next Generation." It was, you know, when mm. he's like just blurring, but that kind of like the way he's taught, it's not necessarily the words that matter, but it's the way it's presented. Okay. So that I'm going to mm. say is sort of attractive and you kind of get a sense of this person's personality. The other example I use is, uh, this friend of mine, John, they're in the same town, same community and all that. And John's is like really straightforward. And I don't want to say boring. That's not the right word, but it's very straightforward. And there's like nothing wrong about it, but on the surface you read through it and you're like, big deal. Right. But John's profile, I think, works because it's got the safety thing. You read through that and you know who this person is. You know, he's being authentic. It develops a certain sense of trust. Right. So point being is like you don't necessarily have to stand out there and try to do something really cool to stand out. If you present a boring profile, you're that's kind of okay. You know, you're kind of doing step one, which is like you're looking safe, you know, and this is who you actually are. And these are the things that you really like. And it's genuine. And so I think like both of those are kind of very, you know, one can say one's more artistic than the other, but both of those kind of work. And I really feel like most people's profiles fall in one or or the other of those two. <laughs> fun, fun question. Okay. Um, if like Brandy and Ava in particular, where if they were on here too, okay, they would talk about like, we were talking earlier, like one night stands. Brandy and Ava would be like, yes, I deserve the right to have a one night stand. I should be able to like sleep with somebody just because I would like some pleasure. Okay. So let's mm-hmm. take the pickup artists, you know, hey, they want the, the one night stand, that kind of classic sort of thing. Okay. How would you suggest that somebody goes about, like if, if that is sort of forget some of the stuff we said about like the connection and all that. Okay. Like I do think that's legit. You can like, le- you can meet somebody legitimately like them, but you have to catch a flight the next day, you know? Yeah. And so you would like to have that one night stand of say, let's say that's the situation that we're in. Okay. How do you approach the person, uh, or, you know, or, or go about asking them for the one night stand? I'm going to compare what you say with my method and we'll see how it kind of matches all up. Yeah. 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 For fun. It's funny. It's funny when you said, um, had to catch a flight because that actually happened to me once where it wasn't me catching a flight. It was a girl I met. She was actually catching a flight the next day. Um, it reminded me of that. It was a, but actually, so I don't think that necessarily how you, you introduce yourself to someone is any different, right? Because ultimately there's still going to be something about that person that you're interested in, right? There's going to be something, you know, maybe it's just purely how they look physically. Maybe there's a, you know, and I like to feel there's an energy you're like "Mm, there's something about this person and i want to get to know them and i want to find out what it is and then sometimes you get there and you're talking and there's just a chemistry right there's a real raw sexual chemistry and i don't think there's necessarily as a way to build that you know playfulness as we talked about before confidence um being willing to play with the vibe in terms of you know push the boundaries in terms of the things you might talk about 
but also be very relaxed. And it's like that kind of push-pull. Um, and I see it's more of an energetic of like, ah, when you get into a really nice flow with somebody where it's not too serious, it's quite fun, it's quite playful, it might, it might have those undertones of, of being quite sexual, you know, you're getting to know someone in that way and you can kind of feel it in the air, right? You can feel it between two people and you're like, okay, what I'd really like is a one night stand right now. And you might not say it in those words, mm-hmm. but what I always suggest is being like, have fun, enjoy it, right? You, you're enjoying that moment, have fun in that moment. And there usually comes a point in, in my opinion and from my experience where it becomes quite obvious, you know, it becomes quite obvious there's this high sexual tension between two people and it's there. Maybe you've kissed, maybe, you know, just before you've kissed, you can feel the eye contact that's there. There's a, there's a zing in the air, you know, all those things. And I say that really, you just want to be, say something really simple. And it's not that's what you say. It's just being like, let's leave here. Let's go. Let's go get some food. Let's bounce from here. You know, there's no need to manipulate it into like, oh my God, let's, let me show you my puppy or anything like that. You can just be like, hey, let's, let's leave here. Let's go from here. Let's get some food. Maybe get a drink somewhere else more private. You know, that might be another and, bar or that might be. And your then place. do you, what do you say after the, the drink of the food? How do you ask the person to actually sleep with you? Oh, I, I think you just say, you know, first of all, you know, you got to go back to a place like maybe theirs or, or, mm-hmm. or my place. And you say, Hey, let's go back to my place. And then I, like, okay. And I think in those moments there, it's like, you've kind of said, let's go back to my place. If they say to you something like, Oh, I'm happy to do so, but I don't want to sleep together. And you say, I, I, my belief is at this point, you say that's totally fine. And then you also be within your integrity and not try to do so. I think that's yeah, a do really what you important say. part. Yeah. Do yeah. what you say. Yeah. 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 Or, or it's better to say in that moment when they say, look, uh, we can go back to yours, but we, uh, you know, nothing's going to happen is saying, ah, oh, really? Like that's, that's what I would really love right now. You know, yeah. I would really love to be in bed <laughs> with you right now. And if they say, look, no, that's definitely not happening. I don't want to do that. Then you, you have two choices. You'd be, you know, within your integrity and say, okay, we're going to get a drink, but you don't try anything on. Right. Yeah. Or you just say, Hey, then you know what? Probably we shouldn't go back to my place then. Maybe we should stay here whatever but i think there's a level of integrity and honesty about your intentions and what you want but i also feel that i I feel that i've been in these situations before where sometimes it doesn't have to be said you know when you have attuned to being with a woman and i'm speaking from a man's point of view a heterosexual man's point of view yeah when you're tuned to being a woman, you can feel the energy. You can feel that there's a, a chemistry there. You don't have to explicitly say, hey, let's leave here because I would like to have sex with you. Do you agree with that? Yeah, you're, you're, you're saying be smoother about it with the whole, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, my, my thought is very similar to that, okay? Uh, I just had a really, in some ways it's dumber, sim- simpler, okay? Which is just that you get to that point, like you're saying, where it's like the the chem- things feel really good or whatever, okay? And then basically it's like turning inwards like and talking in a vulnerable way about what you're actually feeling, you know? So mm-hmm. like just saying something like, you know, I really enjoyed tonight. I really enjoyed being around you. I don't have time or I don't have the interest or, you know, giving them the answer. You know, I don't, you know... I, I'm not into anything serious right now, you know, but I've really enjoyed being around you. You know, would you like to, you know, go home tonight or just, you know, have something casual, but it's, you know, and then you just say, you let me know, which is like giving them the power part. They get to say mm. yes or no, they get to have the control, but what you're, I think demonstrating there is the, 
the vulnerability that you're taking the risk to ask them, the courage, you're demonstrating courage that you're asking them, trust, you're saying your intentions, you know, what you would like, not that you have to have it, but this is what I would like. And, you know, all those things are kind of attractive and they're safe, you know, and it's letting the person know like, okay, I'm not trying to trick you. Like we're going to be boyfriend, girlfriend forever. Just sleep with me tonight. It's not doing any of that stuff. So I think when you make it kind of a safe thing to do and it's honest, it really lets it be easier for the other person to say yes, if they want to, you know? Mm. And then like you say, if if they're not feeling it, they don't want to, you don't push them on it. You know, you respect those boundaries. The other thing is like, you never know if you're going to ever see this person again. You could, you know, you guys could like be back in Bolivia next year for, you know, whatever kind of reason or something like that. So I think it's like, and the other thing is like, you just, you're going to feel good about yourself. If you treat other people, well, you're going to feel like a dick as you should, if you don't treat people well, you know, um, you know, not that you can't get over that, you know, but, but it's like, you're not just do the right thing and you're going to really like yourself more. So respect those people's boundaries and listen to what they say, but you set it up. Well, I think it's much, it makes it much more, easy for the other person to say like, oh, this is low risk to me. I know what the expectations are. You know, I'm going to say yes in this case. So yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's a really important part is like, like you said, it's, it's, it's safety again. It's such a big part of this, right? Is is having it sex is. is safety. You know, and I, I've, there's a, there's a woman I've done some work with that she was on my podcast and she runs a course actually, it's actually for women, but I think there's a lot of value in this for men around sex and safety. And creating mm-hmm. safety because I think it's such a I think it's something that goes over a lot of men's heads a lot of the time. They don't even realize that, you know, you inviting a woman back to your place can feel vulnerable for her. It can feel unsafe for her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh with our podcast that we've did like several months ago, probably now, I did one on trust. So I did one on attraction mm. and one on trust. You know, and like I said, I really decided like the trust needs to come first. You know, that's the one mm. I probably should have done before attraction. Okay. <laughs> the attraction episode is one of our least popular episodes. Or I'm sorry, the the uh, trust one, the tr- attraction, people listen to the attraction one. The trust one mm. is one of the least popular episodes we've ever done. And I swear to God, people are like, yeah, I know, I got to get some trust. Like, okay, I, I get that. I know how, to, I understand that. And it's like, mm. I don't want to say no, you don't, but there's, it's so much deeper and it's a lot, there's a lot of power in there when you learn how to make the other person feel safe. And we're just don't mm-hmm. often think that. So therefore I think we accidentally say scary things all the time, you know, without being yeah. kind of consciously aware of it. So, Excellent. well, Hey, no uh, yeah, right. Yeah, right. And that's why we're doing ethical seduction and authentic man is to kind of help make people a little bit more aware. <laughs> so you do have some ideas. <laughs> so, Speaking of which segue, hey, I was going to ask you if you would give us a summary, like what do you think the key like points that we've kind of talked about, um, you know, in your own words that that listeners really should kind of try to remember, um, you know, about not just forming the relationships or, or the interactions, but, you know, like what is why are we on our styles? I'm going to say better and more powerful than what a pickup artist does. What's what's a short mm. summary for that? Yeah, because. I think, you know, ultimately, you know, in a, in a short way is that, you know, pickup artists to see themselves as lesser than. They're rooted in fear. They're trying to control situations. They're trying to manipulate women into, into interactions, into sex, into, into relationships even, right? Whereas we're coming from this point of view of, of being ethical, caring about ourselves and the other person, right? With authenticity in our expression, which is so much more powerful to attract people. Attraction, right? We were talking about attraction a lot. It's that authenticity 
and 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 being ethical and kind and loving right is such an attractive thing to be around right because ultimately if you if we all kind of thought to ourselves okay you know someone who's manipulative right because we all met someone who's manipulative spending time with that person doesn't feel good (laughs) right being with someone who is authentic loving kind has ethics always feels good right Mm -hmm. and ultimately that's the that's the real difference like you want the people that you come into contact to feel good around you and you want to feel good around them so create that in your life yourself you know start to look at yourself and how you move through the world whether that be you know looking how you have in conversation your passions your values you know these sorts of really intrinsic things and not always looking outside of you for telling you what you should do and who you should be and start to be like who do i want to be what do i want my life to look like what sort of people do I want to spend my time with and start moving from, from that place? And I think that's the, the, the core difference. That's great. great. David, you want to tell people like where they can find you, the website, that kind of contact information? Mm, yeah. So I do most of my, do most of my workout Instagram, Instagram. I, I do a lot of posting on there. So you can find me at the authentic man underscore. Um, I got a website as well, which is just newly been updated and rebranded. Um, that's, www.theauthenticman.net and if you want to drop me an email you can find me at hello at theauthenticman.net I want to point out there is another Authentic Man website out there that is or or podcast and stuff and it is not you and it is not yeah. as good so that is where <laughs> I just realized you're, you're like the Authentic Man underscore like you've got to be a little bit different for it so I just want to point out to listeners so I'm going to have all of David's links in our show notes so if you're listening on mm. Spotify or Apple, if you just like look at the information, scroll down, you'll find the links for, for David, for his website, his email, f- Facebook, Instagram. I'll put all that stuff on there for you because uh, we want to make sure people Thank get you. to the right, the correct authentic man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so mine's um, The Authentic Man with David Chambers. That's the podcast name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, search for David's name. That, that will get you to the right one. So. Mm. Well, David, thank you. Next week, I'm going to give a, a teaser out. Next week, we're having uh, one of all of our friends from, from Ethical Seduction, uh, person, somebody from, from Nashville that we all know, Jane. She is going to pay us a visit, and Jane loves to do dirty things with rope. And she literally hangs people from the ceiling all the time, like all the time. Like she has a room in her house dedicated to hang people from the ceiling, you know, but she is wonderful with rope. She is the nicest person that you're going to kind of meet, you know, and she's like so sweet and all this kind of stuff. And uh, she's going to come in and like talk to us and give us ideas of like, this is kind of the sex part of it. Like, what are some fun things that we can do like in the bedroom, simple things that, you know, even, you know, if you're like me, I started off, I was interested in rope. And then I realized like, this is kind of hard to tie all these knots, right? <laughs> Jane is like, no, I can help teach you some stuff. So these are going to be simple things that I really ideas that you can use in the bedroom just to kind of be a little bit, maybe more exciting. Also, you know, if you're trying to be attractive, if you have some rope skills that makes you stand out, that's not everybody has rope skills. And so anyway, that ought to be, I think, a fun one. It's a little, you know, it's not quite as relationship oriented as maybe what we do a lot of times, but this is more of like some fun techniques and things that you can do on your own in the bedroom. And uh, if you are a first time listener and you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit subscribe. 
Um, we do come out with one every single Friday, a new one. So if you subscribe to us, then we'll just pop right into your email player. You can check us out at ethicalseduction.com. We're also on Instagram and FetLife. Nobody took the ethical seduction name. They did not think of putting those two words together, I don't think. And so you can, if you look at ethical seduction anywhere, you'll find us, you know. And uh, you can also email me. So if you have a question, a topic, something like that that you'd like to do, just shoot me an email, private, you know, Stephen, Stephen at ethicalseduction.com. If you want to be more on the public side, you can leave us a voicemail on the website um, that, you know, we can get a real, real simple recording that lets us use things on the air, which we do from time to time. And then uh, again, if you want to check out more about David Chambers, I'll put all the information on the show notes for the podcast. And uh, he's, yeah, I'll just search for David Chambers, the authentic man. You'll find him up for his podcast, Facebook, Instagram, things like that. But I'll have all the links. So David, thanks. Thanks a lot for joining me today. I appreciate you. I appreciate you working out the time since you're over in the UK and, you know, here we are in the States and it's like trying to find a time and uh, yeah, everybody else. That's why. Brandy and Ava and Kimberly are not joining us today because they're all working and doing some other things. So, uh, but yeah, David, thanks again. I enjoyed this a lot. So I think it's going to be really good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I'm really grateful to be here. Me too. Everybody, thank you. Uh, We'll talk again next week. 